welcome to episode 5, series 2 of The Grad Pod. I hope you're all keeping safe and well amongst these strange times. In this podcast, I interviewed my housemate, boyfriend, lockdown buddy, Matt Ward, about his steps into the working world and about becoming a real adult. Hello, so I am here with Matt. Matt, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, I'm Matt. I work in publishing. Um, I've been graduated from university for um, six months, eight months, eight months, nine months, uh, around that period, under a year. And um, I'm currently living in London um, with you. Um, And uh, we're recording this in our sitting room. We Um, are, we are indeed amongst uh, the lockdown that is currently taking place. So today I kind of want to talk to you about your working life and just your current situation as a 22-year-old man, almost 23. And this podcast is kind of um, in aid of trying to provide some information on the career that you're in currently at the moment and um, just have a discussion about it, really. So... First off, could you let us know what your position is, what, what your role is, where you work? All right, I work as a publishing support assistant at Octopus Publishing Group, um, which is uh, a part of Hachette UK, uh, which is I think is the second biggest publisher in the UK after Penguin Random House. Um, Octopus is a non-fiction publisher. It used to just be non-fiction illustrated, but um, before I moved there, but kind of not too long before they started moving into narrative nonfiction, which is, you know, like biographies and basically any nonfiction that doesn't have pictures in it. Um, illustrated nonfiction, of course, is photography books, cookery books, gift books, loads of stuff like that. Um, and as a publishing support assistant, I do um, a kind of quite a diverse role in that it's it's operations is kind of linked to sales, but I don't do any directly sales related stuff it's more to do with collecting together all the material that um we use to make the books i.e you know the the jackets and um everything like that and making sure it's ready um to create sales material uh, which the salespeople then take out um to sell the books to retailers so you know like things called presenters which are like little mock-ups of the the book jacket and uh blads which are like presenters but with extra pages in so say it's a cookery book there'll be some recipes in there and stuff um and then that's just one part of my role i also um i'm essentially uh responsible for a lot of the amazon related um things that my company does uh so amazon is a massive retailer for publishing and there's like 80 percent of book sales are on amazon or something stupid like Mm. that yeah um and so I am responsible if anyone's got any problems with Amazon, which happens every single day. Someone's like, oh, this book's not showing it properly or this US edition of a book's on the UK site. I have to sort that out. So um, you're the Amazon guy. Yeah, and I, I'm the Amazon <laughs> guy. Yeah. Amazon. But, but it's a very passive role in that sense because you just email Amazon like, can you fix this specific thing? But then the more active part of Amazon that I'm involved in is um, uploading kind of assets to our Amazon product pages. So little thumbnails for the books, um, those look inside things that you get when you click on a book and you get to read inside it. 
and the Amazon A plus, which is a kind of a an advert at the bottom of the page. And uh, that means that half my job is, is is kind of graphic design, which I really didn't see coming when mm. I started. Yeah, kind of speaking about that, did you have any previous experience in graphic design? Before yeah, ab- ab- absolutely none. Wow. Yeah, I, um, I'd never used Photoshop before. Um, and the only times I'd edited photos were using the uh, fairly primitive tools on um, Microsoft uh, PowerPoint, actually. It was my favourite Microsoft software to do it on um, because for some reason the photo editing tools on that are really easy to use. They're really user-friendly. So if you just wanted to make some kind of rubbish... Um, like collage of your friend's face or something like that. You could do it on presentation. Um, but yeah, now I'm a big old Photoshop boy. Wow. Um, that's, so. that, that, that's interesting because often when you kind of apply for a job, um, did, did it say when you applied for the specific job that you should have Photoshop skills? No, th- to be fair, the reason it happened was because originally they were kind of creating my role as mm. I joined into it. So they were expanding the operations team um, and because someone else kind of left just as I joined, like a couple of, like a month or two after, um, I took on some of her stuff. Um, but then I still had, like, I was kind of getting through all the stuff I was doing. So they, then they had this other temp guy who, um, was in charge of all the Amazon stuff, but he was, um, he, he was in like a, like a, a temporary contract and that kind of ended and then they kind of transferred all the Amazon stuff to me. So... I don't think they originally hired me thinking, oh, we'll give him all the Amazon stuff. But then it just kind of came about that it just kind of fit together nicely because um, they wanted me to be really familiar with metadata, which is uh, things just like the most popular Amazon search term in a week, a month, a year. Because as I was also in charge with processing all these documents called uh, costings, which are basically just someone comes up with how much they reckon a book will cost to make and how much it will, how much profit it will make, and then it's entered into this big database, and I'm part of that process. Um, part of the process of costing making is, um, or costing processing is uh, adding keywords in, um, and the editorial assistants do that. I don't, but um, because I'm familiar with all the most popular search terms on Amazon and stuff, it's just a place where I could, you know, possibly advise, maybe. Um, and yeah, so uh, the Amazon thing wasn't part of the original uh, contract when I was signed in. Uh, it wasn't part of the original proposal. So graphic design never came up when they were looking for a candidate, which was great for me because I can clearly do it now. Mm. Um, but I would have possibly been put off if it had been in the original you know, job proposal because I would have been like, oh, I, I don't know how to do that. Yeah, and also like just a really useful thing, I guess, to just have yeah exactly now I, I can use photoshop now which it, it's, it's something that before i learned to do it, i always thought wow that's really impressive that's so you know that's a cool thing to know how to do but um it's actually pretty straightforward once you you know do it yeah so talking about skills and and future plans when you were younger, did you want to go into publishing? Like, where, where did it all come from, really, this idea of going into publishing? Uh, I think the idea of going into publishing really came from a combination of... I've always been interested in reading and writing, writing especially uh, when I was younger. Um, and as I've gotten older, I've written less, but I've read, you know, just the same amount 
Um, and basically in second year, I don't know if this is the case for everyone, but I started thinking, oh, I, you know, I should start thinking about what I want to do after uni. Mm. Um, because, you know, I mean, I was doing an English degree. Um, so I was thinking it's probably going to be related to that unless, you know, something extracurricular really leads me on somewhere. But the only thing I was doing really was radio and I kind of didn't want to go into radio. Um, I just thought it, it wouldn't suit, it wouldn't suit me. Um, and so, uh, yeah, when I got into third year, I was involved with a magazine, um, like a student magazine, and I'd never done anything with the student newspaper, so I thought the fact that maybe I, ha I haven't been drawn to that maybe suggests that journalism's not for me, because otherwise mm -hmm. I would have just done it. Um, yeah. And I would have been like, oh my God, sign me up for that newspaper, but because I didn't naturally go for that, suggested journalism wasn't necessarily the way to go. Um, and then I started looking into publishing stuff. Um, I didn't really know what I was doing, but I don't think most people do when they're applying for things. Um, mm. So I didn't know for sure that I would like publishing. Um, but then I got a couple of interviews with places um, and one of them was Octopus. And when I went in, I just suddenly was like, oh, this is so cool. Mm. Um, and I'd had that with some other places, but um, uh, not for a couple of months and and um i was in the octopus building and i was just like i suddenly really really want this job um and fortunately i got it and now i'm there i'm loving it yeah because when you initially were looking into jobs and applying for jobs you didn't just apply for publishing jobs did you you went for a few interviews at various different kind of places yeah i went pretty broad i was because i i mean i wanted to work in publishing, but I also just wanted a job. Mm. Um, and I was very aware that I had no idea what I really wanted um, without having worked in a job role. So I knew a couple of people who had worked in a job for say a year, um, realized they didn't love it a couple of you know months in, but then kind of stuck it out to learn the skills and they usually liked the people they work with or something as well. And then from there, they'd got the kind of skills and knowledge to really know what they did want to do. So I was applying for marketing jobs. I flirted with recruitment. Then I realized it totally wasn't for me. <laughs> um, as soon as they showed an interest to be honest, I actually looked into it a bit and I was like, oh, this, this doesn't suit me. Yeah. Um, and uh, one, one of the things that came up that I nearly got was a marketing job at The Guardian. Oh, and yeah. uh, that was one of the ones where I was like, oh, I want this. Um, but that one didn't, that one fell through, unfortunately. But then I was also looking at a, commun a job in communications at the same time as this publishing job. Um, and they were, I was literally going to the interviews side by side, like day after day, you know, doing all the applications at the same time. And um, yeah, I was really glad that I got the publishing opportunity because I probably would have gone for that communications job otherwise and it yeah. definitely didn't grab me in the same way and I would have been looking at a very different kind of thing and who knows I might have loved it might and I might yeah and I might be I might have been saying oh thank god I didn't get publishing but um <laughs> as it stands I'm very much enjoying the publishing job um and I'm glad I got it To the future now, and obviously you're just starting your publishing career. Are you happy where you are? Do you want to progress in publishing? Do you have any ideas at all? Um, I mean, it's it's 
so hard to have ideas isn't it at this age it's like you know you're only just you've only just decided on publishing and then it's like oh god like i've been here for a year mm. do i want to get promotion or move companies or you know it's all all kind of goes quite well quickly. fortunately it's, i'm only in my i've just passed the six month six 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 month mark mm. um of this that was hard to say of this uh, <laughs> job so at the moment i'm still very happy where i am i feel, still feel like i'm learning the ropes um, but I also still feel, I feel like I've, I've learned stuff um, and I've got useful experience. But no, I'm very happy where I am at the moment. I mean, looking to the future, um, the good thing about my role is that it touches base with kind of all of the departments in publishing. And I think it's funny when you're outside of it. I mean, maybe if you really thought about it, you'd come up with all these departments yourself. But the only thing I was thinking about was editorial before I joined. And my job isn't editorial. I don't do like any copy really, um, whereas that was what I was convinced I really wanted to do beforehand, um, and I thought this job was maybe just kind of a way in to test the waters of all the departments, and that is what it, what it's been, and that and that's been great because, you know, you you can kind of think, oh, do I want to move into one of these other departments, um, or do I want to stay in operations, or you know something else, and I think I'm still very much just getting a taster of stuff at the moment um mm. I, i'm 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 looking to acquire a book on uh ed- editorial shorthand um oh. that i was sent uh by a colleague um after asking them about it because they used editorial shorthand in some notes they gave me and i was like i don't know this stuff but it'd probably be useful to know it yeah um and it can't be that hard to learn and that's the kind of thing that would extend across a lot of jobs so that's been the latest thing in me thinking about yeah, you've you know, still got your whole life ahead of me. I've still got my whole life ahead of me. I'm not, I, I've done enough. I did all my thinking in advance, you know, when I was at uni. Give me a little bit of living at the moment and then I'll think in advance again, you know. Sounds good to me. And, um, yeah, going back to kind of where you were, what, a year ago, less than that, the job hunting slog. Yeah, it's pretty grim. Yeah, um, not envious of anyone in that position. So, yeah, casting your mind back to that time... Do you have any tips for anyone in that position? Well, um, it depends on where you're starting from. Mm. Um, if you haven't started applying for jobs, it, it, I mean, it depends. Because if you're a student and you're thinking, oh, I should apply for jobs in the future. I, as I was saying, I started thinking about jobs in second year. And I actually started applying for jobs in May in third year. Mm. Um, and I still think I was really, really lucky to get a job. Um, September, wasn't it? Yeah, in September. Um, that started in September. And people often talk about that as kind of grad season, so maybe a lot of jobs open up around then, or maybe it's just the same as all other times. But one of the reasons it's also called grad season is because all the you know graduates are applying then. So you're up against loads of people who have exactly the same degree as you, yeah. at exactly the same, you know, kind of grade so you've got to really make sure you stand out somehow most of that's two of your application or other things you've done or to be honest just the right person looking at your application I mean it's very uh, it seems to me to be very little to do with who you are on paper Mm. and it's just getting into an interview and and doing doing well in that yeah um but yeah advice would be apply a lot more than you are applying because I feel like a lot of the time people will say they're applying for jobs but they kind of aren't because I did that a lot and I'd be like oh yeah I'm, I'm applying for jobs and then I just wouldn't do any for like a couple of weeks yeah and that's like key time because 
a job can come up and disappear in that time. Yeah. And um, I don't know. It's uh, at some jobs they'll take a certain number of applications, then they'll like stop looking, and there's all kinds of stuff. Another thing I'd advise um, is don't literally do it all the time because you'll be rubbish. Like I was doing one a day when I was at my most efficient, um, and that was very much enough. Like yeah. if I and it wasn't even every single day. It was it was pretty much one a day. Mm. Um, but you feel rotten the whole time you're doing it and you'll feel really hostile to everyone who checks up on you. <laughs> um, and that's all real natural, really natural. And to be honest, every time someone says, oh, shouldn't you, like, oh, have you done any job applications today? You'll, you'll really hate them. <laughs> and, um, you know, it, it, that, but that's natural. And then, but they're just trying to help. I mean, obviously make sure your CV is really tight, but also make sure it looks kind of nice. Yeah. Um, you know, like. They get people to check it. You want something that, I mean, you should be able to feel this just by checking it yourself. Like, it shouldn't just look horrible. When, mm. You know, it shouldn't just be Times New Roman. You just know, a list. Like, list of <laughs> stuff, you know, like, all in black and white. It, it's just... Something like that is so unappetizing. Yeah. That a lot of people just aren't even going to read it. Um, or at least, you know, because they're just humans like you. They're not these super efficient, you know, job gods. Mm. They're just, like, lumpy, smelly humans um, that, are, that are, you know, that have to apply... For, <laughs> you know, that have to interview candidates and they might be really experienced interviewers but they might just be people who are like oh god what a nightmare yeah. i wish you know this could just be done for me so you've got to kind of you know help them out and um if you ever do an application that is the company's own kind of application process which they sometimes do um make sure you fill everything in don't ignore anything that sounds really obvious but <laughs> a couple of applications i'd be like oh, how is that relevant I'm not bothering with that, especially stuff like hobbies and stuff like that. I just wouldn't bother. Um, and I, I definitely lost a lot of yeah. stuff from not doing that. And it, it, it sounds so silly. It sounds like, why would you not do that? But after you've done, you know, a dozen even, just you like, get oh. so fatigued. Yeah. You just, like, don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, do make sure if you're going to do a job application, do it right because it's a waste of time. to our second topic I like to also talk about people's living scenarios because when you're in your 20s I feel like you're you could be all over the place you could be uh, living at home for the whole time or living with friends or living on your own house sharing like all over the country all over the world and you know I feel like various people go through different experiences and it's, it's interesting to talk about. So obviously you graduated and you moved home for two months, wasn't it? Yeah. And then you moved to London um, where you lived with um, a few friends. Now you're in your current place with myself. Um, how, how, how's it been? How's the transition been kind of from university and, and through those different stages? Uh, well, university to home, because I hadn't been home for a long time, um, it was, you know, I think a lot of people find living at home after uni quite difficult. Mm. Uh, but usually that's because they're there a lot longer than I was, fortunately. Because I kind of, I don't know, I just kind of had the sense that I wasn't going to be there that long. And I also had this 
opportunity to live in London kind of set up already. Mm. I just had to pick a date and I did pick a date whilst I was at home, you know. Um, so even before I had the job in London, I knew I was moving to London in September. And my idea was, even if I didn't have a job, somehow moving to London would make it more likely because I'd be able to get to interviews more easily. And I'd just feel more in the thick of it. It'd be good for my morale. So um, because I live in rural Dorset, um, so you're very out of the way. Um, and so when I was at home, I, you know, I appreciated being at home. We also got a kitten oh. um, and that was great. Uh, so <laughs> that, you know, so I actually had a, a, a whale of a time, but the one thing that I didn't like was I was doing part-time work at a pub and to be honest, as pubs go, I mean, I've not worked in many hospitality jobs because I really don't like hospitality, <laughs> but you know, they gave us all kinds of free stuff. We got like unlimited bar snacks, you know, oh, like, wow. like got free drinks after work and the staff were, were pretty, pretty nice. Yeah. Um, you know, uh didn't have to deal with too much racism or, you know, like dodgy politics or anything, yeah. which is a big plus in a pub. Yeah. Um, and whenever we only had like very, very small number of very unpleasant customers and the rest of them were, were, were fine. Mm. Even the racist ones were, were kind of like, you know, because, because you just didn't, you just don't have to deal with it that much. You know what I mean? Like, um, it would be like one off comment. You'd be like, oh, you can't say that. And they'd be like, ah, and then it will be over and they'd change the topic, you know what mm. I mean? Uh, we didn't have anyone being belligerent. So as pub jobs go, it was about as good as it gets. <laughs> but I, I hate hospitality and I, I just couldn't couldn't be dealing with it. Tough, so Tough job. It was t- and it's hard work, yeah. It so I was work. working, doing this pub job and then also applying for jobs at the same time. So sometimes I'd get up, apply for a job, then go work. And then I'd come mm. back late and I'm very tired and smelly. And I'd be like, oh, this sucks. Um, so that was a bit demoralizing, but, um, but the kitten was great and it was nice being with my family for a bit. Um, and I'm lucky enough to be from a real nice kind of area, kind of part of the world. So it was nice being there, um, before diving into the dirty city. (laughs) Uh, but then moving to London, I mean, it was great being in London. It wasn't rent free, but it was a very, it was such a small rent that it, it was very reasonable, uh, for five weeks it was in the end. Yeah. Um, and of course... Had all the excitement of a brand new job, my first grad graduate job. Um, so that was great. Um, and I had a good time. It was a really nice family dynamic. It was really nice coming home and having your meal cooked for you. Oh. You know, like being at home, that was really sweet. And uh, shout out to the Brooks Solomon family. It was just it was a good time. <laughs> I had a lovely time there. Um, I'm very fond memories. Um, yeah. And then moving into our current place has been great. We've got a lovely landlord. We've got a lovely flat. Um, in a lovely area, uh, it's lovely. Sounds, sounds golden. It is. It's great. You're just saying that because I'm here. You no, <laughs> no, I'd be saying it if, even if you weren't. Uh, yeah. And it was just me and just me and the listeners. Um, <laughs> but um, no, yeah, it's it, it's been and it's been great having 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 my own space that isn't disgusting because university accommodation it's your own space, but. Uh, I don't know about you, but it feels very, very temporary because you're only there for a year. Mm. So you don't... I mean, I never really made much of an effort with my flat, uh, as in, like, with my with my, with my my room. I'd never decorated that much or stuff like that, you know, and, and certainly not the common spaces, you know, the living rooms and stuff like that, whereas now we've got all of our stuff on the shelves and, you know, it, and we've got stuff on the walls and, Where? you know, it's it's all... It feels very much like home. Yeah. Um, and it's so clean and nice. 
you know, and, and we keep it clean and nice. You know, that I there's none of that kind of dealing with all that student mess. Yeah, it's, you know, it is um, nice. It's it's just nice. So I I'm loving it. I'm Bro, loving it. I, and one of one of my last points, but when I before well, before I moved to London, I spoke to a lot of people who lived in London in in, in previous episodes from the last series actually. Um, and it'll be kind of mixed responses on how expensive they felt it was living in London. Um, I mean, personally, I feel like we've got a pretty good deal here with rent and we're lucky that our, our jobs are, are, you know, pretty good jobs. And I, I never feel like, oh my God, I, I can't do anything. But I think it's because mm. we budget pretty well. Yeah, well, I mean, also because we're earning uh, enough in, com- in like comparison to our rent yeah. that we've always got some extra money. Yeah, we do budget well, but I think it's just, you know, it's it's so dependent on how much you've got to spend on travel and stuff mm. like that. I mean, at the moment, we're not spending anything on travel. So <laughs> I, I'm saving so much money. Um, but I think the funny thing about London is it's noticeably expensive. I mean, mm. spe- I mean, the time you notice it really is just when you go out. Yeah. Um, it's when you're buying drinks in the pub. That's when you really notice it because... You know, transport-wise, I've never had a car, so I don't know how expensive that is. And I never got public transport when I was where I am because it's non-existent. So it's hard for me to compare. Mm. So for me, transport is transport, and it feels very invisible because you just tap your contactless card. And, you know, as far as I know, London transport, for what you get, it's not actually that bad price-wise for how far you're going. I think also Um, it's socialising habits, isn't it? It's, It's We don't go to the theatre or like go out all the time like often we have friends around or yeah, we go to that's their true. house that's or true. like um oh, it's been so long since i've been to the theatre <laughs> uh, um oh coronavirus <laughs> what have you done to us uh but um yeah i think because also because this is the most money i've ever had in my life because i'm earning an actual decent wage. Like I've worked full time before, but I was weren't earning an absolute pittance. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the irony is, even though I'm living in the most expensive place I've ever lived, mm-hmm. I've got more money than I've ever had. So it doesn't feel that expensive because yeah. I just have loads more money. Mm-hmm. So I can get okay, more right. things that I want. <laughs> no, well, I'm just saying. I'm just Someone's saying. The cash well, no, I, I don't have loads of money compared to you know like most people. But I just, I, I just, I've never. You just don't have that underlying sense of dread that I certainly had as a student. Yeah. Where even though you've got enough money to do things, you know, and stuff, you just like, you you, you just like, you can't, I didn't spontaneously buy yeah. kind of anything when I was a student. I'd always be like, oh, I'm thinking about that. The only times I spontaneously buy things is like, if you're on a night out and you're really drunk and you buy some drinks. Mm. But like, I wouldn't be able to just buy, you know, things like clothes and stuff like that. I'd have to budget for that I'd be like oh you know I, I need to get this new set of clothes I'll, I'll ask for some birthday money for that yeah. but now suddenly it's just like oh I want to buy something oh my god I can actually afford it yeah um, it is it's nice having your own money and that being your money yeah and that's it as well because it's your money because when yeah. you're at uni I mean the money you have is either a loan mm. or it's a bit from your, your parents, it's a bit from your parents and, and it's, or... yeah and it's not your it's kind of not yours it's mm. like so you, you don't want to be frivolous with it um, and I'd only ever really spend it in a way that was a bit more frivolous when it got to the summer and I'd mm. realised, oh, I'd, I've saved this amount of money because I've not been spending that much. I'll just go to a couple of festivals. Yeah. Um, 
And by then, because it's the end of a uni year, you just feel like rewarding yourself. So it feels like <laughs> part of it. But yeah, now it's like all the money is mine because I earned it all. So it's like, oh, it's great. It's a great feeling. Yeah, I definitely... It's just independence, isn't it? Yeah, so that's what I was literally going to say. It's sweet independence, that, which that... you don't have at uni because you're still dependent. That is one of the reasons. I mean, I, I absolutely I loved uni, but I think this new stage of life, this complete independence from anyone and everything, it's just it's just great. It's a great place to be in. Yeah, I mean, I pay taxes now. Wow. Um, I'm paying into the system. You're, you're, um, you're contributing you know, to You know, the taxes society. might not be being used well. But, uh, <laughs> That's another debate. But my thought is there. <laughs> Last point. Do you have any words of wisdom for anyone who doesn't know what they want to do? Uh, I don't know how wise I am. <laughs> um, it's almost, you're almost 23, you know, you get, you get getting, older. <laughs> getting wise and getting old. Um, I've got a limp, so I, I've got a stick. <laughs> so, like an old man yeah, already. Yeah, like an old man. Um, but uh, I guess... If you don't, it's it, again. It totally depends on where they're coming from. Because if you're a student, yeah, so, okay. All right, I'll, I'll, let, let, I'm going to go through some... the different scenarios. Yeah, all right. All right? You, you, you so go. if you're a, if you're a student and you don't know what you want to do, get a general sense of what you wouldn't hate doing, um, which you should generally have based on just the degree you're doing and any societies you did should kind of cross reference each other to create mm. a bunch of things that look like jobs. Um, and then, you know, cast a wide net, apply to a lot of stuff. Um, and if anyone picks you up, start the job. Chances are you're either going to like it, hate it, or feel kind of in the middle about it. It's unlikely that you're going to absolutely hate it Mm. if you've picked something that roughly coordinates with your degree and extracurricular interests. Um, so worst case scenario, hopefully you're just going to feel kind of uh, about it. Mm. Working it for a year or whatever. And um, if you're still feeling whatever about it, you've got all this great experience. And there's something about just being in the job world which gives you a much better idea of what jobs involve. Mm. Because suddenly you understand a lot of jargon. You know how to use a lot of software that's like this proper banal software that you wouldn't know how to use otherwise. You know, stuff like Excel, like all this dumb Excel stuff that seems kind of like complex and it's really easy. Um, And then you'll have a much better sense of what you want to do after that. Um, no doubt. Yeah. Um, so then proceed from there. And if you're already, you know, out of uni and you're kind of floating around a bit, um, to be honest, the same applies. Same. I, I mean, think the same applies to all situations. Really. You just if you if you if you want something new, you just gotta look. I mean, a lot of jobs are in the cities. Mm. So if you're not living in a major city like Bristol or Manchester or Liverpool or London or Birmingham or you know list any other major UK city, you know. Um, if you're not living in or around one of those places, you might have to consider moving. Um, but you might look out in a rural place, you know. Um, but, you know, just, just yeah, cast that net. Um, cast it wide. Um, and and just try out kind of, you know, something that comes up. Make sure you get, like, a nice impression when you go in for the interview. Mm. You know, don't just take anything that comes. Um, if you If you have the privilege... To be able to not have to take anything that comes. Obviously, I'm talk. We're talking about people who are in a privileged enough position yeah, that they that they can 
hang about and pick and choose here, obviously. I recognise that if, you know, you need the money, you kind of got to take what you can get. Mm. Um, but if you can, you know, hold out about, you know, make sure you get a good impression in the interview, but then just try something out because you, you might be surprised how much you enjoy something or if you're not, it just gives you more breathing room and it gives you that sweet, sweet sense of independence. Yeah. Um, and you can't really beat that. Um, when you're earning your own money, you can pay your own bills and you can pay for your rent and you're not worried about money as well. Like, you know, if yeah, you're, a big thing. you know, it, it's not just a constant stress. Um, because that really takes a toll. Um, you know, if it's not a constant stress, you can just kind of actually start to have ideas about what you want to do because you might realize that certain conventional ways of working aren't for you, especially if you're more of a creative type. Um, you might want to go and you might suddenly realize you want to go, you know, off and do something internationally. Um, I remember when we were at uni, we got some advice from these women in their upper 20s who we were hitchhiking with. Um, and they said, you know, one of them was just training to be a therapist and the other one had just become a teacher. Mm. But for most of their 20s, they just kind of bombed around the world, you know, hitchhiking and, and working, you know, like kind of low-skilled, you know, stuff that they could pick up um, in certain countries, you know. And then once they'd saved up enough money, bombing around. And I know a couple of people who have done that who aren't, you know, super rich and, mm. you know, haven't just had all their money paid for them. They've actually worked their way mm. around... Um, and for some people, that's a great way to spend your early 20s. And, and I can certainly see the appeal. Yeah. Um, and there might be some other thing uh, that you suddenly realize you want to do. Um, but yeah, ultimately, if you just think you want to get a job, just try something out. And um, There's no harm. We've got so much time. Yeah, exactly. Like, what are you, you going to do? Just earn some money? Oh, no. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, how bad can it be? You know? And if it's really, really bad, then get out, you know? Uh, and then you you haven't lost you know you're exactly back where you were but you haven't lost anything yeah but if you don't do anything you know you haven't gained anything either so and that is the moral of the story that's my uh, <laughs> uh questionable words of wisdom, words of wisdom. Um, well uh, yeah take them as you will thank you very much anytime um, i'm sure we'll speak again after this i'm sure we'll speak again seconds <laughs> after you click that that stop button Thanks. Thank you again for listening. Remember to like and follow the GrabPods Insta and Facebook for updates. In episode six, I'll be joined by the lovely Pippa Smart to chat about music college, retail, and the false pressures to have a career.